of Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. This, of course, is Thanksgiving week. We'll all look forward to celebrating Thanksgiving, hopefully with our families or our friends or our neighbors. Looking forward to celebrating on Thursday the things that we are thankful for. I want to take a little bit of a different approach as we look at Thanksgiving, as I considered what word the Lord would have us look at on this particular week and look at, I think, a text and a topic that's not typically associated with Thanksgiving, but probably should be the more we look at God's word and understand what he would have for us. So take a look at Philippians chapter 4, and if you're able and willing, please stand in honor of the reading of God's word as I read aloud Philippians chapter 4, verses 1 through 9. This is what scripture says. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. I entreat Yodia and I entreat Syntyche to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Father in heaven, we are grateful, particularly this morning, as we are reminded of the fact because of celebrating baptism, Lord, we're reminded that 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 picture reminds us that we can have peace with God. Lord, not through baptism, but the, 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 the picture it paints for us, the reminder of being buried with Christ and raised with him to new life. We are so grateful for the peace that we can have with Almighty God through Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Be with us now as we seek to hear from him, Christ the Word, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Question. What's going on in your life right now? What's going on in your life right now that would never cross your mind to be thankful for right now? What is going on in your life right now that you don't think to be necessarily worthy of thanks, perhaps yet? Let me see if I can explain. As I've been thinking about uh, Thanksgiving this week and thinking about what it means to be grateful, I thought there are some categories of things in my life. They're the things that if you came up to me and you said, hey, Peter, what are you thankful for? Uh, I would have answers. I'd like to think that I'm not a, a complete ungrateful wretch. I, there's some things that I am truly thankful for. I'm thankful for my salvation. I'm thankful for life in Christ. I'm thankful for my wife. I'm thankful for my kids. I'm thankful for the fact that we are all healthy. I'm thankful for uh, my friends. I'm thankful for God's provision through money. I'm thankful for stuff like that. There's things, and I'm sure you're the same, right? I'm sure if I asked you, hey, what are you thankful for? I'm sure you'd be able to populate that list with something. There are some things that you are thankful for. Then there's another category of things, and that's uh, things I should be thankful for 
but I often take for granted. All right? So there's things I'm thankful for that I'm ready to talk about. Then there's things I should be thankful for, but quite frankly, I often take for granted. I often overlook the fact that I have a refrigerator full of food. I don't wonder what my next meal is going to be or where it's going to come from. Uh, I often overlook the fact that um, I have clothing and that the shirt I put on today is not my only shirt. I had options. I often overlook the fact that uh, I live in relative safety. I don't fear for my life as I, as I walk around, as I sleep, as I live. Uh, the, I've often overlooked the fact that if I live in America, uh, I am in fact part of the proverbial 1% when compared to the rest of the world. I overlook these things and should be grateful for them. I often overlook the fact that I have running water that is both safe to drink and to bathe in. I, these are the things that I overlook. They're not the things that if you ask me, what are you thankful for? I would name salvation, my kids, my wife. Then there's another, another category of things like, wow, if I really thought about that, then there's these things. But I'm asking you today about a third category. I'm asking you today about things that you're not thankful for and quite frankly, in all honesty, don't really think you should be. Uh, Things that are in your life that perhaps are a result of the fall. Trials that you're going through that you say, this is... Uh, I, I am many things with this thing, but I'm not, I'm not thankful. I don't think God would have me be thankful. I'm hopeful. I'm prayerful. I'm trusting. I'm leaning on the promises of God. I'm all of these things, and I'm trying to be. Thankful? Don't push it. I, I try to have a God-centered perspective on these things, and I think I do, or I think I'm growing in that, and my friends encourage me to that end. I'm many things, but I'm not thankful. I, I'm not thankful for my sick baby. Sickness, pain, and suffering, these are results of the fall. Uh, these are Genesis 3 things. I love my child. Uh, I'm, I'm thankful for the doctors. I'm, I'm praying for her. I'm trusting God with his life because it's out of my hands. There's many things that I am thankful. I hope to one day be thankful for how God works in this. So I look forward to being thankful. But... I don't, I'm not thankful today, quite frankly, nor do I think I should be. I don't know that I should be thankful for things that are evil and bad and wrong. That's, that's a bit much and a little weird at this stage in the game. I pray with thanksgiving over my sick, yeah. I'm not thankful for the grief that is being brought into my home by my lazy, godless husband or my wife who hides behind her parenting as her excuse for our pathetic relationship. She thinks her first calling in life is to be super mom or a homeschool hero, or he pours it all out into the field at work, but doesn't put it out, doesn't leave it all in the field of our family. I'm not thankful for that. I am trusting. I'm, I'm, I'm many things. He, uh, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not leaving. I'm going to keep my vows. I'm going to um, make sure that I keep my promise that I made before God and before man. And I think God's going to give me the ability to do that. I'm doing all that, but thankful. I don't, I don't think the Lord would have me be thankful um, because I would be thanking him for something that's literally bad. Like, I'd be thanking him for sin. I'm not thankful for the anxiety that I, I feel when, when I think about my future and as graduation is coming and I don't know what's going to happen next. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that school's going to be over. I'm told that God is in control. And on the one hand, he is, I guess. But on the other hand, that's really cliche because really I say a lot of times, maybe you're thinking, I say God's in control a lot of times instead of saying, I don't know. So, you know, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? You know what? God is in control. Uh, maybe that's uh, synonymous with, I don't really know. And, and, and the more I think about that in my own life, I realize that God is in control, but I really don't know. And, and I'm thankful to be done with school, but anything beyond that, I wouldn't even know what to be thankful for. 
Thankfulness is a bit premature. I'll be thankful when I see what God's going to do with my life. And I'll say, oh, wow, hindsight is twenty twenty. I look in the rearview mirror of life. I see what God has done. Now I'm thankful. But I, I don't even know what to be thankful for. I'm not even there yet. It's a bit premature. Hopefully I'll be thankful one day. I'm not thankful for the whole that I feel in my, stun, in my stomach when I think about my wayward child. I love him so much. I've, I've done everything I knew to be right and godly with my daughter. I wasn't perfect, but man, I tried. And now they're running hard after the world and by uh, all outward appearances going to hell in a handbasket and our relationship is strained. And Thanksgiving is going to be weird when she arrives or even weirder when he doesn't arrive. Now I'm, maybe you're thinking, I'm, I'm holding on. I'm hoping I'm praying, and others are too. But honestly, when I take inventory of this situation with this loved one, this son or daughter, or this family member, I don't think there's anything to be thankful for yet. I, I, but I long to be, like I want to be. I'm, I'm looking forward to that, but right, right now, like we're still in it. I can't be thankful for his sin. I can't be thankful for her rebellion. I'm wanting it to change. I realize only God can change these things. But I can't, I can't wait for there to be something. But, if, but it's still anybody's game. And now I watch and I pray. But I don't know if I could be thankful for that now. I'm not grateful for the disobedience of my little children or the loneliness in my life or the funk of depression I'm in or the nervousness I have about my future or the misery I experience in my job. Maybe those are things you're thinking of. Yeah, there's things in a category that I can legitimately not be thankful for. These are bad. They're hard. They're the result of the fall. They're connected to evil. They're connected to our sinful natures. Why would anybody be thankful for them? I'm not thankful for these things. Who would be? Does God want us to be thankful for bad things? Friends, the answer is no. God doesn't want us to be thankful for sin. He doesn't want us to be thankful for evil. Uh, Romans 1 and verse 32 uh, says, Though they knew God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them but give approval to those who practice them. It's not only the things that we do in our life, but will I be giving approval to sin if I thank God for for, for things that are happening in his or her life right now? I don't want to do that. Here's the thing, though. If I haven't lost you yet. If you're not thankful for these things, here's my question. What are you? If you're not thankful for these things, what are you? You say, I'm, I'm, I'm neutral. I'm, I'm Switzerland. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm... And I would say, that's where the danger lies. Because I don't think neutral is a gear or a setting that is inside the transmission of your heart and mind. No, I'm just kind of sitting still. I'm just, I, I have no opinion on the matter. I'm, 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 I'm indifferent. I'm just, I'm just neutral. I would say that's probably not true. I would say you might be moving forward. You might be moving backward. Or you might have decided to park it right here. But neutral, mm-mm. neutral, might, this might be sin that's disguising itself as neutral. No, really, I just don't have an opinion on it. I, I, I'm waiting to see how it turns out. Are you thankful? No. Are you, are you, uh, are you angry? No, I'm just kind of neutral. If you think you're neutral, don't buy it. You're going somewhere. And I think if we dug enough, I think if we poked enough or spoke enough about it, about a certain trial you're going through, about a certain tribulation, one for which you're not grateful and don't think you really should be because it hasn't panned out yet, 
we'd probably find something before long and probably find something kind of ugly. It would probably be sin. It would probably be anxiety. So today the title of the sermon is Choosing Thanks Over Angst. Choosing thankfulness over nervousness. Choosing thankfulness over fear even in the trial. Is it possible that we can have a thankful spirit in the trial without it being really weird and thanking God for disease, which is a result of the fall, or thanking God for the rebellion of our friends or our neighbors or our children, which is a result of the fall, or thanking God for these things that are evil? Is it possible for us have, have a, to cultivate a thankful spirit, a thankful heart now, even when these situations haven't been redeemed? And I think the answer is Yes, as we looked at Philippians chapter 4. So look at, that to, look at that right now with me. And what we're going to do is we're going to walk through very quickly. We're going to walk through the first five verses. Verse 1, Paul says, Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown. You see the love that he has for the church at Philippi, how he speaks to them. My, my brothers, whom I love, whom I long for, my joy, my crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. He wants them to stand firm. Verse 2, I entreat Iodia and I entreat Syntyche to agree in the Lord. You say, who are these two ladies? I don't know. That's it. I don't know. If you can figure it out, you let me know. I don't know. That's the only place they're mentioned. All I know is what's in verse 3. I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored. This is what they did. They've labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers. So these are women who have been faithful to help, faithful to serve, faithful to labor for the sake of the gospel with Clement and the rest of Paul's fellow workers whose names are written in the book of life. And he wants them to uh, agree in the Lord, and he also asks that they, would be, that they would be greeted, that they would be acknowledged as people who had served the Lord God. Look at verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. God's people are supposed to be marked as people who rejoice often. That we're never too far from rejoicing in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That rejoicing isn't something we save for a certain day. That's not something that we save just for a certain circumstance. But we're told to rejoice in the Lord always. That our, uh, our uh, default setting, if you would, would be that we would be rejoicing. That there'd be something that we wouldn't be too hard from praising God for what he's done in our lives through Christ Jesus and in this very day and age for how he's working in our hearts. Now look at verse 5. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. Let's be reasonable, Paul says, and let your reasonableness be known to everyone. Why? Because the Lord is at hand. Now, the Lord is at hand uh, reminds us of the very presence of God in our lives. So let's be reasonable. God is here. Let's be reasonable. God is close. And perhaps given the timing of this writing, he could be referring to how the Lord was going to meet them, how the Lord was going to provide for them in the soon coming persecution that would happen as a result of Nero's persecution of that first century church. The Lord is at hand. He's going to help. He's going, wait till you see how he provides. But either way, the presence of God is something that Paul calls to his reader's mind. And he says, let's be reasonable. The Lord is at hand. Read the very, very next verse, which is the same sentence. Let's be reasonable. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand, so do not be anxious about anything. Do you see that? Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand, so do not be anxious about anything. Here's my question. 
How much does the presence of God comfort you in times when you're tempted to be anxiety? Or you're tempted to be anxious, excuse me. When you're tempted to respond to something with anxiety, does the fact that the Lord is at hand, the Lord is near you, the Lord has indwelled his people, does the very presence of God even have an impact on our lives, or is it just something that we know? Yeah, we believe in the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, we know that the Bible talks about this thing. Yes, we believe that, uh, that God fills up every believer. We don't just believe he fills up some believers, and we believe that this happens as a result of salvation. Okay, that's great that we can answer all those questions and win in an apologetics argument or teach a class. I want to know if the presence of God serves you, helps you during a time of trial. Does the fact that the Lord is at hand help you to respond well to anxiety. Because if you look at the text and you look at the, con- the context in which it's brought up, the fact that Paul says the Lord is at hand is followed up with the fact that we're not to be anxious about anything. Do not be anxious about anything. Here's what I wonder. How many times have you heard or said that you're worried about something in the past week? You don't have a number. Um, But the fact, the the word worry is just a byword, right? Oh, we better leave early because I'm worried about the traffic. Um, I'm kind of worried about how I'm going to do it in this test. Kind of worried this is going to be a bigger deal than I thought when I went to the doctor. I'm kind of worried about the election. I'm kind of worried about how this is going to affect my finances. I'm kind of worried about, it's just a byword, right? I'm worried. It's accepted. It's, we, don't, we don't view it as, as high sin. We don't view it as, we're like, yeah, I know, we really shouldn't be worried, but I mean, of course we're worried, right? <laughs> and we all understand that we're worried, so we're not going to throw stones at each other and condemn one another. But you realize the very thing that Jesus says, do not be, right? Because this is the word of God and Christ is the word made flesh. So the very thing that God, that, that Jesus says to us, do not be anxious. We're like, all right, but we kind of are, right? I know you say don't be anxious, but, but seriously, surely that's just like this unattainable goal. So we all understand that we're anxious, right? I mean, the Bible says not to be anxious, but you're anxious, I'm anxious. All right, well, cool. We won't tell God. But it's more than accepted. I think we see it as justifiable. See, accepted means we're just, oh, we're willing to let it go. We overlook it. It's not a big deal. But I think it's justifiable. I think people see it as justifiable. I think sometimes when we see somebody who's not worried about something, we use that as a goal and we say, you really should be worried about this. Is there ever a time when you really should, as a Christian, is there ever a time when you really should be worried about something when God says, don't be worried? What's the matter with you? How could you not be worried about this? You really should be worried about this. That's a very different thought and a very different sentence than, you know, I think you need to be more concerned about the way this is going to turn out. Should be worried, should be anxious. How come you're not worried? It's like, oh, I'm sorry, I really should put on that sin. You're right, I'm not worried enough. It's not just accepted. It's actually justifiable in our minds and in our minds and in our hearts. And then we set it up sometimes as a goal. I wish my son would be more worried about his future. Say that again slowly. I wish this person would be more worried about this. I think I know what it means, but it's kind of like, what is it, the princess bride? That word, you say it a lot. I don't think it means the way you think it means. Like, like it, it's, you, you don't, do we really want people to be something that God tells us not to be? But we justify it. Of course you're worried. It's your job. Of course you're worried. Your marriage is on the line. Of course you're worried. That's your daughter. It's your home. It's your health. 
Of course you're worried. Who wouldn't be? And if you're not actively choosing thanks, I think you default to angst. If you're not actively choosing thanks, you will default to angst when it comes to trials in your life. And I want to show you a truth that I think is kind of a game changer about when we can be thankful for the trials in our life and what God has called us to do. Choosing thanks over angst isn't something that just happens. Friends, listen to me. Anything God tells us to do is never something we will just drift into. If God commands us to do something, it's because we wouldn't ordinarily have done it otherwise. So God says, do this. So, uh, so if I'm told that I need to love my wife like Christ loves the church, I'm not sitting around going, you know, that's so cool that you would say that because I just do that anyway. That's so great that your command just lines up with what I was actually thinking of loving her. <laughs> Isn't that great? Uh, no, it would never have crossed my mind to do that. Well, when God tells us not to do something, it's because our nature is to what? Do that thing. When God tells us to do something, it's because it's our nature to not do that thing. So when God raises a, a standard or raises a bar or sets up a target for us, don't ever think that we will ever just land there. Oh, lo and behold, I just landed in righteousness. You know what? I wasn't even meaning to please God, and I pleased him yesterday. It was so cool. That never happens. That's not a thing. Choosing thanks over angst isn't something that just happens. It's a command that needs to be obeyed. So in Philippians 4 and verse 6, when it says, do not be anxious about anything, um, we're not gonna, this is not going to come about in our life except if, uh, unless we give our careful attention to this. Because if you're not careful, you're going to land in anxiety. And I'm here to warn you that when you land there, uh, people like you and me, we're probably not going to steer each other out of it because it's acceptable. If you're not careful, you're going to land in anxiety. You'll end up exactly where God doesn't want you to be, exactly where he commands us not to be. We need to realize that if we don't choose thanks, we'll land in angst every time. It's just our nature. And here's what it has to do with thanksgiving. Here's what I want you to get. Anxious people aren't thankful people. Anxious people aren't thankful people. Those two things don't coexist in our hearts. For whatever you're anxious about or tempted to be anxious about, you cannot simultaneously be thankful about it. Because anxiety is rooted in our desire to be, what, in control or rooted in our desire for reality to be different. You can't want something to be different and still be content in it, but I want this to, this, or, or want something to be, uh, want to have control but be satisfied not being in control. If you're anxious about something, you are not simultaneously thankful for that thing. Anxious people aren't thankful people. You can't be anxious and thankful at the same time. Think about it. You can't be anxious about something and thankful simultaneously. They run contradictory to one another, and one will outweigh the other. Take a look at some of the things that anxiety reveals about our hearts. If we're anxious, we want reality to be different. So we're not grateful for what God has given us. They fly in the face of each other. If, if you're anxious, uh, we want to be in control. So we're not grateful for God's sovereign control over our lives. We can't stand the fact that we're not in control over how this will turn out. That we're not in control of whether or not we'll close that deal. Whether or not our kids will walk in this way. Whether or not we'll graduate on time. Whether or not if we're anxious about these things, we know we're not in control. So I'm not satisfied in God's control. If we're anxious, we're not thankful in advance for what God can and will do in our lives as a result of the trial we're going through. Anxious people aren't thankful people. And if you look at your own life like I've looked at mine, the things that I'm tempted to be anxious over 
I'm never thanking God for. If I'm defaulting to anxiety, I'm not thanking God for these things because I'm too busy worried about the outcome. I'm trying to change things. I'm trying to, to, to I'm, I'm discontent with how it is. If I'm anxious about these things, I'm not simultaneously thankful. So choosing thanks over angst happens as a result of what we see in verse 6. Look, thankful prayer. But thankful prayer not after, but while in the trial itself. So look at Philippians 4 and verse 6. Be, do not be anxious about anything, about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Please look in your Bible and just like literally finger on the text. I want to walk through that one verse, okay? And look at, see where it says, do not be anxious about anything. Now let's look. But in, what does it say? Everything, in everything, So, no matter what the circumstances, here's what I need to do. In everything, by prayer and supplication, okay, so the requests, I can make requests. Look at this. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So, here's what I need to do. I need to not be anxious about anything. Now, put your finger back up there right after anything. But in everything, so no matter what it is, by prayer... And supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. So by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So I pray to God, uh, and, and what I'm trying to do as I pray to God with thankful prayer is thank him for the circumstance he has me in. Thank him while in this circumstance because of what he's doing in my life, and yet ask him to change it tomorrow. And that's okay. Does that make sense? Lord, I am grateful for what you're doing in my life as a result of this trial. It's hard. I don't want it. I wouldn't wish it on anyone. But I'm thankful for what you're doing right now. I'm thankful for how you're growing me. I'm thankful for, uh, for, for the things that are coming about in my life. I'm thankful for the fact that you've caused me to be transparent and vulnerable with my friends, with my family, with my small group. I'm thankful for that. Please take it away. That's not contradictory. That's what that verse tells you to do. So we're not saying, here's what you need to do. You just need to thank God for your trials. Just thank him for the trials. Just go ahead. Just thank him for the trials. You're like, that's really weird. Uh, this per- okay, I'm supposed to thank God for my sick baby. That sounds really bizarre, weird. That's not what God wants us to do. It says, be thank- it says what does it say? Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. Verse 5, the Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, not for everything. See what that means? In everything. We're not thankful for everything. I'm thankful for this sickness. I'm thankful for this untimely death. I'm thankful for uh, this strained marriage. I'm thankful for... No, no, no. Thankful in it. In everything is not the same thing as being thankful for everything. There's a difference, and that's where we get tripped up. Because we think, I'm not going to be thankful for these things. These things are evil. You don't have to be thankful for it. You can be thankful in it. You can have your mind so set on the things of God. You can have your mind so set on God's word, so set on the fact that God is in control and that he's good, that you could say, you know what, Lord? I hate this circumstance. I think this circumstance is a result of the fall. It's evil. It's sinful. It's terrible. But I'm thankful that you have me, that you hold me, that you're doing things in my life, and I can't wait for you to take it over and take it away from me. That's what it says in verse 6. In everything, 
by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. Thankful prayer. A thankful prayer for change. Lord, with my wayward son and daughter, you are, you are, you are calling to my mind uh, the fact that I have to be in control, that, I, have to, that I, I want to be in control. I feel like I have to be in control, and I can't be in control. So you're reminding me that I'm not in control and that you are. Anytime you remind me more about you, Lord, I'm thankful. I really hope you rescue my son and daughter and that I don't have to keep being reminded in this way because I love my son and daughter and want them to be saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Thankful prayer. Genuinely thankful for what the Lord is doing in our lives as a result, the fruit of this trial in our own lives, but then also saying, Lord, please change it. Please heal that person. Please heal my diseases. Please, pl- please, please heal my sins. Please rescue me. Please help me to repent. Please help me to understand that you are in control when I'm not in control. We see this also. Keep your finger in Philippians 4. Turn to 1 Thessalonians 5. 1 Thessalonians 5. Just a little bit to the right. It's a similar passage. 1 Thessalonians 5. Let's begin at... Verse 14, and we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Here, verse 16, similar to what we read before, right? Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks, what? Give thanks, what's the next word? Say it aloud. Give thanks in all circumstances, not for in all you say, that's, this sounds semantics. They're very different. You can give thanks and have a thankful heart while you're in a circumstance, but not say, oh, Lord, I thank you for disease in my life. I thank you for causing trials to come into this person's life. I'm so thankful for the fact that our world is going down the drain. I'm, we're not thankful for sin, but we can be thankful while in the trial. Verse 18, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In general, we should be people who are rejoicing, praying, and thanking. I always have a reason to rejoice. And I always have a God who hears me when I pray. And I always have a reason to give thanks. And we ought not get tripped up with that fine line between being thankful for something and being thankful in something. We can't in good conscience thank God for all circumstances, but we can thank God while we're in them. What does thankful prayer, take a look, what does thankful prayer reveal about our hearts? Thankful prayer shows we live by faith and not by sight. I don't see the end. I don't see how it's going to end. I don't know what the result's going to be. The game is it's still anybody's game, but I'm thankful right now because of what God's doing in my life as a result, and I'm thankful that he's in control and want him to change it. Thankful prayer shows we trust God because of what he's done. Lord, you have a track record that's stellar. You have a track record of always providing for my needs. You have a track record of being the most gracious, uh, kind, and providing and protecting father. You love me as your child. I'm thankful because you're in control and your word just speaks volumes of how you're worthy of my gratitude and worthy of my praise. Thankful prayer shows we believe God is going to do something good for his glory now in eternity or both Romans 8:28 and we know that in all things God works together God works all things together for the good of those who love God. We know that you're going to work this out. And Lord, I'd love for you to work it out soon. 
There's nothing wrong with saying that. I'm, I'm content, Lord, with what you're doing in my life. It's so hard, but I believe that you're in control. It's really, really hard. I hope it changes. While I'm in it, I'm thankful for the fruit you're producing in my life. Please, I would hope for it to all disappear tomorrow. In Jesus' name, amen. Thankful prayer is evidence that we've chosen thanks over angst. Thankful prayer combines the longing for change with contentment in the now. The longing for tomorrow to be different, yet I'm content with today. Why? Because, Lord, you've brought it to me today. I hope you bring something different tomorrow. Today I'm content. I want tomorrow to be different. You're in control of all things, and you are good. That's thankful prayer. I think sometimes we give ourselves and our prayers maybe a little, a little too much credit. It's like, well, well, if I pray thankful, if I pray prayers of thanksgiving, what if God doesn't think I want it to change? Really? Is that a thing? Do you think you could confuse God? You think he might not have paid attention? You're speaking too fast? I mean, you can be thankful, genuinely thankful for the fruit God is producing in your life. Be thankful for the fruit you don't even see, but trust will, already, well, trust will come. And still know that your God, your heavenly Father, knows that you want it to change. What if I pray one thing more than the other? Pray them both. Pray thankful prayers. Thankful prayers to the Lord, trusting that He understands and that He knows all things. We can be thankful to God and desirous to see Him change things soon because He's God. He knows what we want and He knows what we need. And He's never confused. He's never tired. He's never distracted. He's always in control and always good. Those two things, the sovereign control and His goodness. That we have a God who's not handcuffed, Right? What good would it be if he was good but not always in control? I'm good, but I can't do anything about it until people change. Or a God who's in control but not always good. He can go one way or the other. He might not be for me today. But we know that God is always for us and nobody can be against us. Finally, choosing thanks over angst brings about a peace that is better than having the answers we wish we knew. Look at verse 7. The result of thankful prayer and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Do you see that? The Bible describes the peace we receive as a result of our thankful prayers. Look at that in the text in verse 7. That peace, uh, as a result of our thankful prayers of petition, as surpassing the understanding we wish we had. The peace God gives us as a result of us praying these thankful prayers in the trial is better than the answers you wish you had. It surpasses understanding, and it guards our hearts and minds forever in Christ Jesus. That's the protection we receive. That's that calm that you might feel in the middle of a trial. So you know what? Things have not really gotten better, but for some reason, try to, fill, try to finish the sentence, but for some reason I just have a, yeah, for some reason I just have a peace. But for some reason I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I'm just calm. It's not for some reason. It's because God is good and he's in control and he loves people like you and like me and he gives you peace that surpasses understanding, peace that is better than answers. And that peace guards our hearts, protects us from fear, doubt, and worry, reminds us that we are in Christ Jesus. God protects believers who confidently trust in him. So here's my question for you. I'm going to ask our worship team to come up. Here's my question to you. 
That trial that would never cross your mind to be thankful for now. That trial that you're willing to be thankful for one day, but not today because you don't, you don't see a real reason to be thankful. Is there a way that this Thanksgiving you can change your perspective about whatever is going on in your life and say, as much as I want God to change this, and that's not going to change. I want it to get better. That's not a bad thing. But I'm also going to be thankful for it, not then, but now. I'm going to be thankful for what God is doing in my life right now. I'm going to be thankful for the fruit that he can bring about in my life, for what he's teaching me. Not thankful for the evil, not thankful for the difficulty, not thankful for sin, but thankful that God can redeem this and use it in my life and still simultaneously hope that he changes it because I know he can. What is it? What would God have you be thankful for that you would never dream of thanking God for now, maybe one day? And would God have you change your mindset on that particular trial, that particular tribulation, this thanksgiving? Responding to God in a way that is consistent with what he tells us to do in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Father in heaven, I pray that you would call those things to our minds. Lord, what's one thing? Uh, Maybe the list is too long. Maybe it's daunting. Maybe it's weighty. What's one thing you would have us be thankful in now? A circumstance we would be thankful in now. But also wanting you to change it because we know that you can. What is that? Where do our hearts need to change? Where do our mindsets need to be changed? How can I be thankful in this but not thankful for this? And also want you to change it. Lord, show us where you would have us change our mindsets. Show us what it means to be truly thankful in all circumstances, but still wanting you to change things, still wanting you to prove yourself to be glorious as you miraculously even change circumstances in our lives. Help us to be thankful, prayerful people. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.